Well, last Sunday night in our study, our focus was on the realities of biblical faith. And uh, if there ever was a time in which we needed to have um, earth-shaking and mountain-moving faith, I think it's now uh, during this uh, incredible time that we're in. But in our study together, I, I was trying to share with you how all of this works in our lives as followers of Christ. Jesus had said in, in Matthew chapter 9 and in verse 29, he said, be it unto you according to your faith. He didn't say according to our feelings or according to our fortunes or according to our fame or whatever friends we have. He didn't say according to faith. He said, no, according to faith. And then we looked in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, and I was sharing with you how this works in our lives, how, how the, uh, the Lord uses the Word of God in our life to energize our faith because Paul writes in Romans 10, 17, that uh, by hearing, uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ or the Word of the Lord. And I shared with you in, in the study of that verse that this, this word that we translate word for the Lord, uh, first of all, involves the logos. This right here is the logos. It's the Bible. It's the Scripture. It's the written word to us. But when we are reading it and, and we are receiving it to, into our lives, God, through the Logos, gives us a rhema. That's a personal word. He speaks a word to us. It's what I experienced this week. I was sharing that this morning when uh, looking at and, and thinking about the story of Mary and Martha and, and where I was, and, and God just used that, and he used that picture of those eagles to uh, just speak a word to me. Isaiah 40, 31, and Deuteronomy 32, and he used the, he used the Logos to speak a word word to me, and of course, I shared that word with you uh, this, this morning. And so, we, 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 we talked about the importance of faith and how God uses God's word. Now, it's been interesting to me that people have been responding to that and saying, you know, I really would like the word to be that, that alive in me. I'd like to be able to, to when I read the word of God, that, 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 that God does speak to my heart. Uh, but sometimes I struggle with it. And so what I want to do tonight is share with you a simple study on uh, understanding God's Word. So I'm kinda, I want to be practical tonight. Uh, I hope it's going to be inspiring and it will be encouraging to you as we look at it together. Because when it comes to understanding God's Word, it really involves two things. It involves our attitude and it involves our approach. So first of all, let me address this issue of attitude, our attitude about God's Word. If we don't have the right attitude, if we don't have the right convictions about God's Word, then most likely we're not even going to be looking as often as we should to actually get a word from the Lord. It all begins with our attitude. So to be able to address that, I'm going to ask you three questions. And these questions are very important because they're going to reveal to us and reveal to, to you maybe as we go through these questions really what your attitude is about God's Word. First question is simply this, do you believe it is truth? 
Do you believe it is truth? I want you to look with me in Psalms 119, 119, and in verse uh, 142, Psalms 119, uh, 142. And here's, here's what the psalmist wrote. He said, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. And then he adds this, and your law is truth. Now, I am not asking you, do you believe that the Bible contains truth? That's a dangerous road to go down. Because if you are saying you believe that the Bible or the Logos contains truth, then you're also suddenly implying that there may be things in the Bible that is not true. So let me remind you again in the New Testament, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 and in verse 16, if you want to write that, that reference down, what the Scripture says about the Logos, what it says about itself. And here's, a lot of you know this and have read this many times, but it's important that we be reminded of it tonight. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, it simply says, all Scripture is inspired by God. This is the only verse in Scripture that uses that word inspired. And that word means God breathed. Now, yes, God used a lot of different people. He used Moses, and he used David, and he used Paul, and Matthew, and Mark, and Luke, and John, and, and the Apostle Peter, and others. He used many others by which to give us his word. But what you need to understand by that phrase, God breathed, it means that even though he was using them, it's though it's coming straight from the mouth of God himself. So my question is, do you believe it is truth? Not that it contains truth, but it is truth. Here's the second question I want to ask you. Now, not do you believe it is truth, but do you believe it is timeless? Timeless. Listen again. I want to give you a couple of verses here out of Psalms related to that. First of all, turn with me to Psalms uh, 119 and uh, in verse 160. Psalms 119 and in verse uh, 160. And here's what the Scripture says. The psalmist wrote, the sum of your word is is truth. And then he says this, and every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting, meaning timeless. Look at this verse with me also uh, in relation to that question. Psalms 119 and in verse 89. Psalm 119 verse 89. And here's what it says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. You say, what do you mean by timeless? What I mean is that truth does not change. And God, what God has said has been settled in heaven for all eternity. It doesn't it doesn't change just because culture changes. It doesn't change because we're 2,000 years later. No, it is timeless truth. It was truth then from the mouth of God, and it's truth now from the mouth of God in our lives. So, do you believe it is truth? Do you believe it is timeless? And if you believe it is truth, and if you believe it is timeless, then do you not also believe, thirdly, 
It is to be treasured. Oh, listen to this verse out of Psalms uh, 119, and look at it with me in verse 72. Psalms 119, verse 72. The psalmist writes, The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands, listen to this, than thousands of gold and silver pieces. What if you were in a situation where you had a choice? You could have this huge trunk of thousands of pieces of gold and silver, or it was your last chance to have a copy of the Lagos, the word of the Lord. Which would you choose? Well, the psalmist says here, it's no choice at all. I'm going to choose the Word of God. I'm going to choose the Lagos over these thousands of pieces of gold and silver. That's why he recognized just how precious it was and how it was to be treasured. Look with me just for a moment. Hold, of course, your place here in Psalms 119, but uh, turn with me for a moment to Hebrews chapter 4 uh, and in verse 12. This this is going to tell us as followers of Christ, as believers in the Lord God of heaven and earth and the Lord Jesus Christ, why God's Word is to be treasured. It says in Hebrews 4, 12, I'm going to read the whole verse, but the key part is up front. It says, for the Word of the Lord is living and active. Underline that word active. The Word of the Lord is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit uh, of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. I want you to pay attention again to that word active. It means uh, that which brings power, that which brings, actually it's the word we use for energy. And it's talking about that the Word of God brings spiritual energy into our hearts, into our souls, into our lives as we seek to live our lives for the Lord in Christ. And so it all begins with our attitude about God's Word. Do you believe it is truth? Do you believe it is timeless? Do you believe it is to be treasured? Well, if in your heart and your soul and your spirit you have embraced all those things to be true for you, then the second thing we need to talk about is our approach to God's Word. And what I'm going to share with you from this point on that is something I learned some time ago through one of the greatest teachers of God's Word in our day and time. He's with the Lord now, but I learned this from him, and it has been such a blessing in my life through all this time. That's why I'm sharing with you, and that's it's what I learned from Dr. Adrian Rogers. And so, uh, I want to make sure you understand uh, where I learned this, and I'm sharing it tonight with you. So, when we talk about our approach to God's Word, I want to give you five things. I want you to jot them down. We're going to look at the Scripture. And uh, I think if you take
take these and just build them into your time when you are reading and you are having your devotion time and, and maybe a merry time, as we were talking about this morning, you know, uh, a spiritual shelter in place time, an extended time with the Lord. This will be of great benefit to you. So, first thing I want you to write down, we're talking about our approach to God's Word, is that we need to pray over God's Word. Pray over God's Word. Now, I want you to listen to what the Scripture says. We go into Psalms 119. Again, we're back into that. And let me just give you these uh, two particular verses right here uh, up front. Psalms 119, and then first of all, verse 12. Look at this. The psalmist writes, Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. Then look with me in verse 18, Psalm 119, verse 18. And the psalmist writes, Open my eyes that I may behold the wonderful things from your law. What was the psalmist doing? The psalmist said, Lord, teach me your word. Lord, show me the wonderful truths that are there. Speak to my heart. Make your word come alive in my soul and, and in my life. You see, the only one who can really open up the, the meaning and the truth that is right here in the Logos and speak a, a word, a rhema to us, a personal word to us, is the Lord God himself through the power of his spirit. So I want to ask you a question. Have you, have you ever started that way? Have you ever started your devotion? Or have you ever, maybe you're a Sunday school teacher and you're, you're preparing a lesson for your class. Have you ever just stopped and before you, you got into that devotion, before you got into that passage, you just stop and you pray. I said, Lord God, before I, before I start reading, before I start looking into your word, I'm asking you to be my teacher. I'm asking you to enlighten me to the truth that is there. We must start here. You might remember, and I'm going to uh, share this with you. If you, want, if you want to turn, you can. Uh, Luke chapter 24 and in verse 45. But after the resurrection, remember that uh, Christ was on the road to Emmaus and then a couple of the disciples or followers of his who had been followers of his, they were, they were with him. And, and the scripture says that he began to explain to them uh, out of the Old Testament from the, from the prophecy and, and from Moses and from the Psalms how it all was, was teaching about who he was and why he was to become. And so the scripture says in Luke 24 and verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. The Lord Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And so this is not something just we and our humanists can just grab a hold of the word of God and, and really begin to understand the incredible truth uh, that is there. We need the Lord himself to teach. So if you're going to understand the Bible, uh, if you're going to approach it where God can speak to you, then you begin by praying over God's Word. Now, having said that, the second thing I want you to write down is this. Not only do we pray over God's Word, but we are to ponder God's Word. Again, Psalms 119, this time in verse 15, where the psalmist says, I will meditate 
on your precepts and regard your ways. In other words, I'm just not going to read it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to ponder on what I have just read from your word. Now, you may be like me. I can't just sit there and just think. I need something to stimulate my thinking. That, that's what happened to me Friday morning as I was thinking about the story of Mary and Martha and, and then uh, that picture of the eagles come up and the verse Isaiah 40, 31 come to mind and, and it began to stimulate my thinking of, of the application of, of Mary time and, and the, the difference between Mary and Martha. All of that, it gave me a means. It stimulated my thinking so that I could ponder what God was trying to say to me. So here's what I want to do. And again, this I'm going to give you uh, five things. Just jot them down right quick. Uh, questions to ask that will help you to ponder, to meditate on God's Word. Again, this comes, I, I learned this from uh, Dr. Adrian Rogers, and it's been such a benefit to me personally and even pastorally as I am seeking to prepare a word to share with you. So I want to give you these questions. Write these five questions down. And it gives you something to stimulate your mind and heart as you're meditating on a passage of Scripture or a verse. First of all, you need to ask this question, is there a promise to claim? As I read this verse, is there a promise to claim? If it is, then write that down and begin to embrace it with your heart and your soul. A second question, is there a lesson to learn? Uh, and if there is, unless you learn something new, then you, you, you write that down and begin thinking about how can I build that into my life? A third question to ask is this, is there a blessing to enjoy? And if there is, then you just take time right there and just give God the praise and glory and thank Him and thank Him for His goodness and whatever it is the blessing is that it can be in your life. And then a, a fourth question is asked is, is there a command to obey? And if there is, then immediately you make that commitment that you're going to build that command into your life. Then a last question is, is there a sin to avoid? And, and if there is a, a sin, if it is talking about a sin, if it's not in your life, then you want to you make a mental note of that because you don't want it in your life. If you realize it is in your life, then you start looking for ways to rid that from your life. You see, these questions help us to ponder, meditate on God's Word. And so we're to pray over to God's Word first, and then as we read it and as we study it, we are to meditate, that is, ponder on God's Word. Then the third thing I want you to write down is that we need to preserve God's Word. Again, let me give you two verses right here out of Psalms 119. If you look with me, first of all, in verse 11, and here's what the psalmist wrote. He says, your word I have treasured uh, in my heart that I may not sin against you. That word treasure means hidden. It's talking about uh, building that uh, word in, into to our heart and mind. Uh, that means to memorize it or internalize it so that it's always there uh, with us. Psalms, uh, uh, verse 16 of Psalms 119 
Uh, the scripture says, I shall delight in your statutes. Watch this. I shall not forget your word. Now, let me just say this. We can remember far more than we give ourselves credit for. To tell you the truth, when you think about our lives, uh, remembering is a central part of our functioning every day. But you see, we need to use our mind to keep it sharp. You know, a lot of you know this about uh, my, my mom, Steve and I's mother, that uh, one of the things she loved in life was to get that newspaper so she could do the crossword puzzle. Now, she did that for two reasons. She loved doing crossword puzzles, but she did it for another reason. She wanted to keep her mind active. She wanted to keep her mind sharp as she possibly could, and she knew she needed to use it. So, let me just say this. Do not let Satan deceive you. Do not allow uh, Satan to give you uh, an excuse to whisper into your mind an excuse of why you can't memorize or you can't internalize and preserve God's Word in your heart and mind. Listen, He wants you to forget God's Word. He doesn't want you to preserve God's Word in your heart and in your mind. Trust the Lord in this. Ask Him to help you. You not only need to pray over God's Word and ponder God's Word, but we need to preserve God's Word in our heart and in our minds. And then the fourth thing that I want you to write down is simply this, and that is to practice God's Word. Uh, the beginning of Psalms 119, let me just read the first five verses to you uh, here out of the New American Standard uh, version of Scripture. And, and here's how the psalmist began. This whole psalm is about the Word of God. I think you're beginning to understand that. But here's how he begins. How blessed are those who, uh, uh, whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. You have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. In other words, the psalmist began uh, this whole incredible psalm talking about how important it is not simply to know, not simply to understand, not simply to be able to quote the Word of God, but to live the Word of God in our lives. If you've heard me say on many occasions, uh, knowledge, understanding is wonderful but it's of no value to us if we're not applying it into our lives. And so we pray over God's Word, we ponder God's Word, we preserve God's Word in our heart and mind, and we practice God's Word. But let me close with number five, and that is that we are to proclaim God's Word. Again, to verses right out of Psalms 119 here. Uh, first of all, Psalms 119, verse 13. And listen to what uh, the Scripture says. The psalmist wrote, With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. 
In other words, I'm sharing it. Every opportunity I get, I'm talking about, and I'm sharing your word with others. And then in Psalms 119 and in verse 172, Psalms 119, 172, the Scripture says, Let my tongue sing of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. And so, we're, we're to pray over God's word. We are to ponder God's Word, we are to preserve God's Word, we are to practice God's Word, and we are to proclaim God's Word. Uh, let me just leave you with this little uh, tidbit that I found in thinking about this and in my study, where it simply says this, that we, uh, we are to uh, sow God's Word and we are to show God's Word. We ought to show it in our life, and we are to uh, sow it into the world. And so we are to proclaim it. Well, I hope these things that, that I learned uh, from Dr. Adrian Rogers that I have shared with you tonight will be a benefit to you to take God's Word because we know that God's Word is important about our faith. We got to live by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. And we need faith during this time. We need faith every day in our lives. But to energize that faith, we need the Word of God. And we need to be able to understand the Word of God. So I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I hope it's going to be a tool that you can use because certainly it's been a tool in my life to help me take God's Word and feast upon it, feast upon it and be able to grow spiritually in my life. So I hope it's going to be a blessing to you. Let's close with a word of prayer. So Father God, as we come to you, I just, again, just so grateful uh, to have this opportunity. Uh, Lord, what a blessing it is in my life to be able to uh, share and, 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 Lord God, just be used of you. It's not about me. It's all about you. I thank you for how you have taught me through other great teachers of your word, and it's been uh, tools in my life, and I can share these tools with my church family and, and friends out there. Uh, who are, are seeking you even now in this venue online. So, Lord, be with them, and Lord, may this become something that's going to uh, pull vault them uh, into a greater understanding of your word. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.